Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Welcome to this EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Ross Hurley, social media and SEO manager here at EM360 and your host on this podcast. Make sure you stay up to date with all our latest episodes by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you go for your podcasting needs. Now, on today's episode, I'm joined by Kevin Campbell, CEO at Synity. Kevin is here to shed light on the cost of bad data, from quality to management response to Synity's 2021 Global Data Value Report. Bad data is killing your business transformation efforts. Welcome, Kevin. Would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about Synity, please? Hey, yeah. Uh, thanks for having me on, Ross. I really appreciate it. Um, so as, as you said, I'm Kevin Campbell. I'm the CEO of uh, Synity. I'm uh, a dad of seven kids, which uh, in addition to, uh, to trying to run Synity, Synity is a global data company. We're all about data. That's all we do. We have 1,500 data professionals around the world. We have software and services that, uh, that help you. That's great. So I want to I want to dive right into this report, and and Synity's report reveals a staggering finding that only five percent of C level executives trust their enterprise data. Why is there such a huge lack of confidence in this pivotal business asset? Well, I think there there's a couple reasons for that. One is that they've been sold a lot of hype before, which was you know dump all your data into a data lake, and uh, then we'll run analytics on it; it'll be perfect. And then the data turns into a data ocean. Uh, the data ocean lake turns into an ocean, which then turns into a swamp. And the reason for that is you can't integrate data. You can't figure out the source. You can't govern it. You can't trust it from the out, from the outside in. You got to do it from the inside out. And so really, most people haven't done the hard work to make sure that they know where their data came from what's the trusted source of the data and how it's governed. And that's why they end up not being able to trust what they have. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, if you've got a bunch of stats and you don't know where it's coming from, you don't know how this report was conducted, you don't know where this data is coming from, how can you trust in that and how can you make an informed decision going forward, really? One, one, of, our, one of our people came up with the slogan that, you know, a good decision with bad data is still a bad decision. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. So what are the big business costs and implications of bad data quality and management practices? How do they impact the financial health and growth of a company? Well, I like to say to people, you know, every problem is a data problem, right? And uh, meaning that if I've got an inventory problem, it's a data problem. If I got a problem in time to close my books, it's a data problem. If I've got a you know, whatever the metrics are that drive the KPIs that drive the different company, um, if I can't trust that data, then how do I know what I'm running the business on? What am I making the decisions on? If I basically say, let's take a simple customer example. If, I, if I'm going to pitch a customer and said, hey, you bought XYZ from me last year. But you know what? The customer says, no, I didn't. I bought ZYX from you last year, and then I all of a sudden lost all my credibility with that customer. Why does that happen? That happens because there's a proliferation of customer numbers, right? That we don't know which system the customer numbers came from. We don't know who's in charge and things like that. So that it means the data is not governed. 
And so that we don't know what the source is. We don't know whether the trust is of the source. So that's just a simple example there of how, you know, a, I show up with a customer, I'm trying to get a sale and I gave them incorrect information, which hurt, hurt my credibility. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that statement that every data, every problem is a data problem. And it's interesting to think because so often you hear people saying on LinkedIn or, or, or wherever, oh, you need to communicate better. You know, you need to be very clear with people. There needs to be better communication. And it's, a, it's like a kind of like a catchphrase that we hear in kind of every facet of life. But if you have misinformation, even from your data lakes, that in itself is a form of bad communication where you're not able to make any strategy, any decent strategy, any kind of good moving forward plan to, to help your company. So I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about data strategy then as well. So according to the survey, only 23% of C-level executives have implemented a consistent and policy-aligned data strategy at scale across their organizations. Now, for those who are struggling, what makes an effective data management strategy today? I think the, uh, and, and, and you know, that stat is in contrast to uh, 90% of the executives said data is critical to the company's success. So if you think data is critical to the company's success, why, why wouldn't I have a data strategy, right? And the reality is, is some people don't know how to do it. It's, it's not the easiest thing in the world. But basically, it's a thoughtful way to lay out what your data is, classify or tier your data as to what's the most important data and what data is driving the decisions of the company. And you can't do all the data because there's lots of data elements in a, in a modern enterprise today. But what I tell people to start with is start with the 12 most important or the 30 mo most important and figure out with that data, right, what the source of the data is, how is it updated, maintained, in other words, governed throughout its life cycle. And then I've got a way that I can then say, okay, now I at least have a foundation, right? I've got a data, I've got a set of data, I know how it's handled, and now I can then expand that to the rest of the company. I think what I see is too many people either try to do it all, right, and treat all thousand data elements in a company or however many there are the same, or they just think it'll magically get better. So something I want to kind of clarify a little bit here, um, and sorry to ad-lib a little bit, but do you think that we need a kind of, companies need a strong team where this kind of data-aligned tasks are kind of segmented by person? Yes, uh, and and you have a process as to who this is, that, that's what we call the data governance process, right? We have a process by which, you know, you take a field like a part number, right? So a part that I'm going to use to build a car or I'm going to use to build a bicycle or whatever it is. Well, that part number has lots of attributes and different departments usually, you know, purchasing wants to add some, right? Inventory control wants to add some, everybody wants to add their piece. But the question is who creates the parts? And then what's the process by which you add the other data elements you need? And then succeeding from that, you know, if I'm making a building, how do I put a bill of material together for what I'm building? How does that come through? So that front process from day, you know, from, from the cre initial creation through the whole value add process has to be mapped out. Yeah, no, I fully agree. I mean, you, you were talking about how people try to do it all. And 
I think people get kind of bogged down on the idea of being a renaissance man with this sort of stuff. But there's, there's obviously so much to it. You cannot do it all by yourself. Exactly. And most teams, you know, depending on the size of the company, you know, their, their data teams are going to be from, you know, six to, you know, 30 or 100 people that are going to be responsible. And those are the responsible for creation and maintenance of the data. And then you're going to have other people or basically a lot of people in the company that can then use that data for reporting. Well, thanks so much for that. I, I want to move on to the next question, actually, which is combining enterprise data with the right pool of emerging technologies can significantly benefit a business, as you've mentioned. Which technologies, tools, and or applications should SMBs consider investing in and adopting? Well, the first point that I that I always want to make is that you you can't you gotta have the quality data first before you use the tools. And too often today, we call it airplane back reading, which is the CEO, which I'm guilty of myself, reads something in an airplane magazine and says, we need this. This sounds like it can solve all our problems. And whether it's the latest in AI or robotic processing or machine learning, all of those technologies that you read about, people get fascinated with the technology. And the problem is, if your data is not bad, is data is bad, you're still going to get bad answers out of it. That technology is not going to work. I've got a friend of mine who took over a machine learning company and he called me three months later and he said, Kevin, you're at the heart of it. The most important thing is clean data. So I can sell them all the algorithms and all the other stuff I need, but you got to have the clean data. So first thing is get the data clean. Second is there are all kinds of technologies. So robotic process automation or RPA today is something that takes manual tasks and, and automates them and can save people lots of time and uh, especially on manually intensive tasks can take it. Uh, machine learning, which basically can over, you can train the, the algorithms over time to make inferences and connections between data that they can point out faster than you can as a human. All of those techniques are all things that are very important for people to look at and can be very important technology to build on. It's an interesting thing to think about, isn't it? Because obviously there is amazing technology that can help you sift through your data, but like you said, you you kind of need good quality data to begin with. It's sort of like getting the most expensive crane in the world and using it to build Lego blocks to make an apartment. Like it's a, you know it's kind of a useless thing if you're not if you don't already have a good data strategy. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So well put, well put on the how you build things, you know, one uh, uh, on top of another. Yeah, absolutely. So I've got a final question for you, and it's about the report again. And the report stresses that urgent action is needed to deliver the quality data required to achieve business viability and allow for M&A success in 2022. Now, can you elaborate on this type of necessary action and explain step by step how organizations should go about actioning it, please? So, so first of all, M&A is an important tool for all CEOs, right? So leaders of business today, usually, you know, they want to increase revenue, decrease cost or increase compliance, right? And one of the ways that they can do that is by buying or selling something. Coming out of the pandemic, and we're, we're, as we all know, we're not out of the pandemic, we're in the midst of it. We'll only know in history when we went in and when we came out. But people are saying, hey, my, my business was affected by the pandemic, right? 
And so I got to do something different. And that's why we're predicting huge surges in M&A. We're already starting to see it. But over the next 18 months, I think there's going to be huge surges in M&A activity. People are going to sell things. People are going to buy things. People Just think about it this way. They're going to want to get into new markets. They're going to want to get out of markets that were no good. They're going to want to reshape how they deliver. And they're going to need added capability to do that. So the thing to think about that not everybody thinks through all the way through is, when I, when I, if I read all those reports on successful M&A and unsuccessful M&A, at the core of most of why people got the benefits or didn't get the benefits is the quality of the data, right? So when I look at, if I'm looking at another company, the, what I urge people to do all the time is treat data just like it's another asset you're buying. So let's say we'll use our bike manufacturer, right? We're producing, a, we're, we're making a bike and we decide there's a new model of bikes we can buy and our competitor has it and they want to sell it to us. Well, what's the data that's associated that? What's the customer lists? What's the part number lists? And what's the quality of that data? Does he have it in sheets of paper that are stored in, you know, in shoe boxes? Or is it good quality data that they can access that's relevant that we know how long the customer bought. And basically, you want to be a treat data like any other asset in that acquisition process. You should know what your data is, and you should know what data you're looking for together. Because if you're going to make the merger work or the divestiture, and divestiture is equally as hard because I'm taking a part of business and selling a piece of it off, I got to make sure I understand the data, the quality of the data, and what's going to get done. I like that bike analogy you're using there. I mean, and, and, and it kind of really paints a very vivid image. If you're getting data from loads of different sources and you don't know where it's from, is it, I mean, are you going to start off in a good way? Probably not. You need to think about it like you would with any assets. And, you know, the survey said the high quality data is ranked as the company's most valuable asset. 89% of the people said yes. Wow. But then why, the question I ask is, then why don't we act like that? Yeah, Exactly. Why is it not? Why is it treated as an afterthought rather than something that's you know super important? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's sort of like um, the equivalent of you get a wheel from here, you get a wheel like one wheel from your your high end bike store down the road, and one wheel that you found under a carpet in some alleyway. Um, you can get the best rider in the world, but you're still setting them up to fail if you're not if you're not thinking about the quality of the data right from the outset. That's exactly right. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast, and we're going to have to call it there. Thanks for having me on, and uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Kevin. If you want to learn more about Synity, you can go to www.synity.com. That's S-Y-N-I-T-I. You can also follow us on Twitter at EM360Tech or on LinkedIn at EM360. And to find more podcasts like this, just visit EM360Tech.com. 